The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. Is everyone here? Is everyone listening? If so, then without further ado, join us as we make our way through the dungeons of Neverwinter, smelling the green, fresh-cut grass, and singing with the local bards. Take a seat in your tavern of love and destiny. Make your ale cold and nice, for it's time to roll some dice. I'm Riggs. And I found my father. <laughs> I can... <laughs> And this is the Filmatics Podcast. Hey folks and welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. I'm here with Baby Bloodaxe who, who's... Been finally been reunited with his father. How are you doing, baby? I'm doing okay. <laughs> As I said, at some point, Addy's just going to take over the podcast and I'm not going to be needed anymore. He's got these impressions down. Um, yes, welcome back. Uh, 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 second episode of season two um, after our one-year anniversary episode. We're talking Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, um, which is some baller-ass shit, honestly. It was not... Not one of those pictures that I would have gone out of my way to see because I remember seeing the ads for it, Addy, and I was like, what the fuck is Chris Pine doing in that? <laughs> of all things. You know, it reminded me of when Matt Damon was in The Great Wall. Yeah. And you're like, that's <laughs> fucking bloody odd and weird. Or, you know, fucking Tom Cruise and The Last Samurai, which I watched, which I lost last, um, watched last night. I actually really liked that movie, but it's just like, what's that white guy doing? But... It's because the script's really good. But we'll get into it. Firstly, 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 sir, how are you? What's been going on? I'm doing good. I have, um, just like Babylon, I watched this movie three times now. So, what, sorry? Babylon? So, yeah, just like Babylon, I have watched this movie three times now. <laughs> in the cinema? Of course in the yep. cinema, yeah. Yeah, man, it's 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 well worth people's time. Um, it's, good, it's a good fun time. And uh, uh, is it better than Babylon? No. No, yeah, few things are apart from like orgasms and ice cream, which I got, I got, yeah, I got, I got both while watching. Nope, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, we appreciate you buying all this pistachio and hazelnut ice cream, but can you stop beating off in the, like, we know Chris Pine's attractive, but Christ, this is getting, there's, it's so creamy back here. (laughs) From all of the ice cream and, and, and ejaculate, it's it's getting ridiculous. Okay, we're definitely in season two because we've gone up a level of ridiculous filth. Um, it's but not yeah, even we're, we're five minutes yet. I know, it's three minutes and I mean, and we fucked up the roundup twice, so it's not even five, four minutes in yet. So here we are, folks. We're so happy to be back. As I said, talking Dungeons and Dragons, but um, what, what are you laughing about? Just... You know the the cream shit with um, with the uh, with the elephant shitting in like the first two minutes. <laughs> two minutes of Babylon. Yeah. Well, maybe we're just on brand then. I think. Um, yep. <laughs> but uh, but it's beautiful. It's wonderful. We're here to talk, not not secretions. It's not secretion. The podcast. It's a filmatics podcast. We're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. But before we do that, we've got to we've got to do the ubiquitous, uh, the always the always present. What are we watching? What are we watching? Who knows? Probably Dungeons and Dragons three times. What have you watched? Anything else? 
I have. I went to the I went to the cinema yesterday to watch mm-hmm. a film that's only been in IMAX. It's called Suzume. It's an anime film directed by okay. the director who did Your Name, Weathering With You, uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Oh wow! Yeah, it is. It's an experience. Mm. In IMAX, no less. That's amazing. Yeah. They stopped the movie like 20 minutes in because like I was watching the movie and the image was jittery and sometimes you get that when it's like animated because like frame rates are different for Mm -hmm. certain things. And I was like, no, the whole image is jittery. And I went outside and I complained to them and they fucking came in and stopped it. Well, I mean, better than sit there and have that, you know, it just be like that. I remember I went to see, when I went and saw Amsterdam, it was in the wrong ratio. It was like, yeah... This was shot anamorphically, two three five, and you guys are projecting in, you know, one eight five, so oh, both the sides are cut off. Can you can you adjust this? And she looked at me <laughs> like I had just told her that she had AIDS or something. Like it was just it was she was I'm not sure not hundred percent prepared for how to fix that problem, but someone managed it, so uh, yeah. I remember that happened when uh when the Zack Snyder Justice League came out and it was like I loaded up in my TV and because it's 3-4 and it's it's like it's edited that way but when I loaded up in my TV it like expanded to fill the whole screen and so you see yeah. you see Batman's face just like fucking rectangle oh was it anything like the goddamn Flash trailer that came out are you fucking kidding me that is the most ridiculous plastic we'll get into that we'll talk about that in nerd news I reckon so, uh, like, how was the movie once it did write itself? Yeah, um, it was, it's amazing. It was emotional. It, it was in Japanese. It was the first time I ever watched a film that was that was not of the language that I spoke. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was in the theatres. I was the only person in the theatre who did not understand Japanese. And I, I fucking loved it. Like, an hour before the movie... An hour before I went into the movie, I did not know if it was going to be subtitled. But I was going to go anyway. But thankfully it was. Because I, I would have missed a lot of shit. And I think... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you should watch it, man. Because uh, it's got cats. Um, Like as in, you know, cat people or cat cats? No, like cats. The animal. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's right up my alley. Um, yeah, awesome. What was it called? Sorry, uh, Suzume. Suzume. Okay, Hang on. Yep. I'm just looking it up. Okay, sold. I don't think they're doing an IMAX here because Western distribution's a toilet. Um, anything else at the cinema or just anything else at home? Uh, oh shit! I wanted to talk about this show for a long time. I watched two shows. One that I rewatched and one that I like watched very recently. Mm-hmm. The one that I watched very recently is called Only Murders in the Building. Sure, with Steve Martin and Martin Short. And Selena Gomez. Oh yes, of course, and Selena Gomez. And it is it is spectacular. It's got two seasons. It is spectacular. It is insane how that trio works. And it's amazing how well it works. And it's like I don't even fucking want a mystery. I just want these three to just be on, just be on for like forever. It is so insane. So what you're saying is they should do a remake of the Three Amigos and replace um, Chevy Chase 
with Selena Gomez because I'd be fucking here for that. I'm not saying that, but I'm also not not saying that. <laughs> I don't know who owns the rights to Three Amigos. Um, I don't know if it's a Disney thing or whatever, but fuck, that's a good picture. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that. Martin Short and Steve Martin did a like a um, I don't know if it was Broadway, but they did a live kind of show and they they have it on YouTube on um, Netflix. They just have chemistry that you can't beat. I think they're two of the best. Like they're up there with you know the two Ronnies or. Um, uh dudley moore and his partner whose, whose name escapes me all of a sudden um yeah like as, as far as duos go can't be matched yeah and it's just like the cinematography the score the way they do a lot of the things that you know uh mainstream media would not do like they have a whole episode where they focus on a deaf character and mm. when you focus on that that character you don't hear anything or you hear okay. muffled sound and it it's just something that goes to show that how much they they care for these characters. Yeah. So yeah, just if you have a chance, go check it out. Yeah, man, absolutely. No, no reason not to. What was the other thing? The other thing was uh, I watched the morning show. Oh yes. It is, like I said, it's it's fucking insane. Like the mm. first the first few episodes were kind of like horrifying because uh, the show starts with uh, Stephen Carell's character as like is this news personality who's been like doing news like morning news for like 20 years and a lot of people come out and um, they accuse him of sexual harassment and it's one after yeah, the other yeah. Mm. yeah and uh, the first the first few episodes of the show were very very horrifying to me because I've been in a newsroom. I, I've been like running, running from one set to the other, just trying to figure shit out. And uh, like seeing how amazingly truthful that representation was, it is, mm -hmm. it was insane. Like to a point where like the news presenters don't know anything about what they're saying before they go on camera. Like it's all... It's all scripted. Like a lot of people think it's not, and they just read. It's like they do fucking performances before they go on the fucking camera, and yeah. it it was amazing. And then like the story kicks in, and like it's it just elevates the show even more, and the performances are absolutely crazy. Like season two deals mm. with the news industry while they're going through the change of COVID, and they shot that during COVID, which was just mind-blowing yeah okay all right I, I i have an apple plus tv subscription whatever it is um so make I make use of it emily's emily's a big fan of it actually she, she's watched that um watched all, all the seasons um okay cool well I'll, i will put that on the list what have you been watching sir what have i been watching a few things um went to the aster on the weekend uh well i went i went okay well i've been three times this week I have been to the cinema 31 times this year, and it's April. Um, I just have a lot of nights free, I guess, uh, and I do a lot of double bills as well. So, but anyway, regardless of that, last weekend, I, uh, last week I went and saw Heat, which is just unmatched uh, in terms of uh, uh, cinema. I, I, it's got to be one in, in my top 10. And then on Friday night, I went and saw um, at the Astor as well, uh, Superman 1978. 
and and the Richard Donner cut of Superman two, which isn't really a movie. It's 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 more like a, a an art project. But I but I enjoyed seeing that both in four K. And then on Sunday night, I went to see a thirty five millimeter print of Road to Perdition, which was Sam Mendes' second picture after American Beauty. Tom Hanks playing completely against type as this sort of you know curmudgeon-y gangster who's who's you know spoilers but it is the it is the the inciting incident of the of the picture um his his youngest son who, who's played by the guy who plays superman in lois and superman Tyler Hecklin. yeah he he's a young boy in this he's like you know 12 13 something and he plays tom hanks's son and he witnesses tom hanks um involved in 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 a gangland murder and um the the son of the big boss who's played by daniel craig goes after the the family and kills the wife and other young son and these two you know the, the 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 father and son team go on a on a you know cross-country spree to steal all all the mobsters money to kind of like get their attention um and to to buy this this guy's life and fuck man in in dude laws in it as well and and it's just 35 millimeter compared to like 4k screens look great like don't get me wrong especially if it's something that was shot on film there is a little bit of a a a graininess going on because they have to pump up that that um, uh, sharpness, but the the blacks are so black, like it's just there's this richness to the contrast in especially in that film because it was shot Roger Deakins. It was it's just you know one of his best pictures in my opinion. Um, you know that, that final sh- uh, 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 sort of showdown in the rain, and I remember I studied it at film school because the editor came and spoke to us about you know how to edit and all that, and and I just became obsessed with it. And the score is so incredible, but. The thing that I took away from it the most this time was just how fucking amazing Paul Newman is um, as, as a performer. Like, I don't think a lot of people in these days would, would watch Paul Newman movies. I think, you know, like most people know him as the voice of Doc in Cars, um, you know, people who are 30 and under. But he just he just had this, these, this commanding performance. Like, he's up against Tom Hanks. Like, Tom Hanks is an amazing performer, but he just owns every scene, especially in that, that one scene in the, you know, below the bar or below the club where he has sort of a confrontation, you know, because it's Paul Newman's son, Daniel Craig, who, who's killed Tom Hanks's family. And he's like, you're going to have to give him up. And Paul Newman's like, I'm not going to give him up. He's my son. And he said, he murdered my family. And he, and Paul Newman says, there are only murderers in this room. Like, don't act like you're above all this. Um, and he's like, this is the life we lead, the life we chose. And there's only one guarantee. None of us will see heaven. And and he says, Michael could, which is the name of his son. And I fucking get goosebumps every time. Like, it's such a powerful story. Um, yeah, and, and in 35mm, forget about it. Like, it was just incredible. Um, so that was, that was sort of the highlight of my cinema going week but last night as i was saying before i did watch the last samurai uh, which is an edward zwick film uh with tom tom cruise i think that movie it divides people like i was looking on letterbox and it's either like everybody's giving it five stars or everybody's giving it one star like some people hate it some people love it it probably wouldn't fly anymore because it's like that would be a white savior kind of picture but in 2003 when it was made it was you know he was the biggest bankable star in the world and it was you know it was a big picture i don't know if it did terribly well but I think people misunderstand it a lot. And it also, it came at a time when when Tom Cruise was, it became very trendy to not like him around about then. It was sort of, it was getting to the point where he was coming out of his, his marriage with Nicole Kidman, all the Scientology stuff was coming up. He's jumping on a couch. That was a few years later, but 
it got very trendy to sort of not like him, but it's a perfect example of how amazing a performer he is because it's not really that action-packed. There's a few action scenes here and there. He fights some ninjas, pretty cool. Um, but just as a performer, um, as an actor, he has... He's not a character actor. He's always Tom Cruise, but he's got he's got a lot of range emotionally. Um, yeah, there's there's some powerful voiceover work there where he's sort of writing a diary and he's, you know, been captured by the the, the samurai, the, the you know Japanese rebels, and um, and he's sort of talking about uh, uh, you know their this this culture of people who who get up every day and devote themselves to the perfection of whatever it is that they pursue. Um, and there's, and there's a stillness there and, and, you know, a, a, a quietness and a calmness. And he says, I don't fully understand it. Um, this, this spiritual nature of the place, but I know I've, you know, had my first troubled sleep in, um, first untroubled sleep in many years here. And I think people are missing that, that there's, that there's a real, there's a message of peace and, and, and serenity in that film because it's supposed to be a big kind of historical blockbuster, um, but also, uh, I think people misunderstand the title. They're all like, what is Tom Cruise being in a movie and he's the last samurai? Why is he the last samurai? He's white. He's not the last samurai. It's Ken Watanabe is the, is the character who is the last samurai. It's his story. It's about the, you know, the, the samurai lord who has been shunted because of a, a modern uh, 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 leaning in, in the Japanese military and the emperor wants to modernize and become more American and that means getting in different types of warfare and clothes and customs and all that. And the samurai are no longer needed because the sam- samurai actually means to serve and they're no longer needed. And, and they sort of think that, that, um, that they're outdated and it's, and it's him. It's Ken Watanabe's character who is the last samurai. So maybe if you get a chance, go back and have a look at that again. Now that Tom Hanks is kind of having a bit of a, a bit of a Renaissance and everyone's like, ah, don't worry about all that crazy shit you did. You know, because at least he wasn't—he he wasn't cancelled or he wasn't racist or anything. He was just a little messed up because of a strange religion, I guess. But um, Tom Cruise. yeah, go back and have a look at it again. Amazing picture. I'm—I'm I'm a huge fan of it. You said Tom Hanks is Tom Cruise. Did I? It's too many Hanks and too many Cruise and Toms. God damn it. Anyway, Tom Petty was really good in this movie. No. Um. So that's what we were watching. Do you want to well, do? I just. Oh, do you have something else? Yeah, I have, I have something else. I I've I've gone back and I've I've rewatched the Hobbit trilogy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those the Hobbitses. Yeah, those movies get a lot of shit and I have a book about the making of those movies and mm-hmm. I have a lot of knowledge about I'm not bragging by the way. I just have a lot of knowledge <laughs> about the shit that went down during those three movies and how how why most people like the first one because it was actually written by Guillermo del Toro. He gave five years Get of his... Get the fuck out of town! Yeah! What? He gave... What? He, there was there were supposed to be two movies. Uh, the first one and the second one. And Gu- okay. Guillermo del Toro was supposed to take both of them. He wrote the first script. He spent, I think, three years making all the... Uh, just convincing WB... A new line to you know have him do everything practical, make monsters practical, which is, which would have been fucking amazing. And uh, after three years of him just writing the script and you know things not going anywhere, there there were riots in New Zealand because if Peter Jackson wasn't attached, that means that Middle Earth was going to be moving somewhere else. And uh, seeing that uh, the Lord of the Rings provided so many jobs. 
and created so many new businesses in New Zealand. People were afraid, rightfully so. So Guillermo del Toro was fired, and Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson came on, and in within six months of him coming on, they made the first one. And when they made the first one, they announced that there were going to be two movies directed by Peter Jackson. And when they were making the second one, they announced that there were going to be three movies, which is fucked because it's this it was this thick of a book. Yeah, I was going to say like that's that's sort of something that a lot of people bring up is that that it's um it's kind of they milked it a little bit like it probably they didn't did. need to be yeah it probably didn't need to be that you know three movies. Do you feel that way? The thing is, I I know everything about it. I know everything about what went wrong. I know how horribly the actors who played the dwarves were treated. In like, except the except the three that get the most screen time. The other ones, like they're 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 dwarves in those movies that that look incredible and have no line in all three movies. But I still love those movies. Like, it there's there's heart and there's this soul of of Middle Earth. And I, it's, I still love those movies. I know everything wrong about it, and yeah, I still love it. Well, good. But yeah. Good. I'm, I'm glad that you can, you can find that, you know, that joy in them, even if people kind of have weird feelings about them. Also, like, The Lord of the Rings is the reason why we're just fucking doing this episode in the first place. Doing this episode? Yeah, it, it was... Yeah, it yeah, was... you're not wrong. You're not wrong, yeah. That's very true. So do you want to do... Yeah, let's, <laughs> let, let's do... Let's do it. We're going to do... Let's do it. It's fucking nerd news. Here's the nerd news segment, not um, fucking making silly noises. I tell you, listening back to some of those old episodes to do the, the anniversary show, fuck, I make a lot of sounds. Nonsense. All right, here we go. Nerd news as of April the 19th, 2023. Um, Amazon has announced it has new projects for the IP of the Poltergeist Pictures. Robocop and Legally Blonde, which is pretty amazing. Um, there's got, uh, they've also got similar plans for Stargate in both film and TV installments. Robocop developing both film and TV as well, but a TV show coming first. And they also have the uh, series based on Fame, Barbershop, and The Magnificent Seven, as well as The Thomas Crown Affair and The Pink Panther. Um, perhaps in animated form so they're just like what have we got what have we got in our bag quick the pink panther what the fuck are you upset about that why no i never thought i would ever hear shit like that yeah man i'd I'd say it's probably the the you know the pink panther as in maybe the cartoon the character of the pink panther not the pink panther that, that um peter sellers was in i wasn't going there 
I was talking about cartoon, oh, okay. man. I'm, I'm, you were thinking the cartoon as yeah. well? Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, that's a fucking weird get. But, oh, well, whatever. Enjoy yourselves, Amazon. I'm sure you're doing every, anything you absolutely can. Speaking of IP mining, Warner Brothers is reportedly... Ma- reportedly? They're reportedly doing it. And they're also reportedly doing it. They're reportedly making a concerted effort. This is in quotes. A concerted... Actually, this isn't what I wanted to read. <laughs> it's not. That's garbage town. They're making a concerted effort to cast more people of colour in the HBO Max Harry Potter reboot series. It was more the fact, like, which is, which is a good idea. I'm not saying that's garbage. I'm saying this article is garbage. What I wanted to talk about and what I thought that this article was, was them telling me that there was a Harry Potter series coming out in Max's, it's like HBO Max, but it's now called Max reboot series. That's the interesting thing, that they're doing a Harry Potter thing. That they're putting more people of colour in, it's great. That's awesome yeah. too, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. What I want to talk about is they're doing a Harry Potter reboot series. How about them shits? Them shits? I am... Um... How about them shits is interesting. Yeah. What do you reckon? Fucking hell. I just have the, the image of the elephant cheering every time we say that now. <laughs> I, I use shits as a collective. Like, it's um, it comes from Dave Chappelle. Like, he, he talks about it. Like, he's talking about a... A, an object or, or something like that. You, you say it's shits. I don't know why. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there are a lot of Harry Potter heads out there who are pretty upset about this. A lot? Um, I'd say 98% of us, are, of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, you, do you feel that way? I don't. I, I really don't. Like, yeah. it, the Harry Potter films made money. They were going to do that. The Lord of the Rings is getting a remake. People will be fucking insane when that comes out. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's been three different... If you count Spider-Verse, there's been four different Spider-Mans in less than two decades. True. But, like, that's a totally different thing than, you know, remaking the Harry Potter or The Lord of the Rings. Is that what it is? Are they remaking it or is it an extension of whatever is uh, happened? No. They're, like, it's it's the story of Harry Potter that they're doing in like seven seasons. Oh, okay. Which oh, which All makes right, well, sense, by the way. Yeah, of course. And, and good on them. It'll, 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 they'll be able to mine the books more and they can do the same thing, cast young people and let them age and whatever. It's going to be like Stranger Things. But I just, I just know when they cast a person of colour... Or a person who isn't, you know, is a non-binary person, or is a person who is, is you know, a, a gay or, or bisexual or transsexual or whatever. When they cast that person as Hermione, the internet's gonna one day you're gonna open up the internet and it won't be working because <laughs> because there'll be all these people going, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I'm I'm honestly not on board with the idea as much because I don't know as much. I'm not saying I won't mm. be. I just I don't know as like as much as I want to in order to be to have an opinion about it. Sure. The films are literally to my childhood, and the amazing thing is nobody can take that away. But I feel like the people who need to hear that won't like don't have fucking ears anymore. A, a friend of mine brought up a really good point, and it opened my eyes to things that like rebooting something is always a good thing because you can have closure from what's what happened and also get a chance to introduce a new generation to these amazing characters in the story yep. like i would fucking love to have the original cast be like professors in in this like 
decide just not like actual fucking characters from the book but like professors who like pop in for like an episode or two that that yeah. be a really cool moment but i was also hoping for for like a reunion show that we're going to do mm. and i i mean yeah like the whole F- fantastic beast franchise has fucking died because of johnny depp yeah yeah i mean but they they recast him, didn't they? Oh, we've had three fantastic films with same Grindelwald, but three different actors playing Grindelwald. <laughs> okay. Because it was Col- right. it was Colin Firth. Uh, who was the penguin? Colin Farrell. Yeah, sorry. Colin Farrell was in the first one. There was Johnny Depp in the second one, and then there was Matt Mickelson playing Grindelwald in the third one. Right, and they've done that. Not just because they wanted to get Johnny Depp out of the role, but because that this character's supposed to be at some sort of t- like shapeshifter or yeah, like in the first one it was because he like he was supposed to be in jail but he wasn't, mm. and then the, in the second one he breaks out of jail so he's Johnny Depp, and then in the third one they had to recast him and Matt Mickelson right. had like forty eight hours to sign that that character, but yeah, it, it's what okay. it is. Um, I mean, it's the same shit that's that's happening with the Lord of the Rings series. Like, no one's going to fucking stop them from making it. It's just, it's all, like, all this white noise just gets too much to me now. Like, I mm. I don't want any of it because, to be honest, like, the Harry Potter films are, are my childhood and, like, they're, they're childhood for a lot of people. And people yeah. can go back and watch them. But this is a chance to, like... To introduce a whole new generation of kids to this wizarding world. And frankly, for more kids to feel represented in those in that world. Like we did yeah. not we did not have that in, in the films. Not really, yeah. It's a lot of lot of white milk toast motherfuckers. And that's you know, that is what is it is, but yeah, I, I understand. I understand that, absolutely. Well, look, I hope it's good. I have no skin in the game because I, I, I don't really care about Harry Potter. I just know that my niece really loved him and we watched a couple of them together and that was that was a nice thing for us to bond over, but she's into other shit now because she's older. Um, finally, in the nerd news, this one's a motherfucker. Oh, the other one I forgot to talk about. Oh, shit on me. Okay, wait, let's go back. In what are we watching, right? I was I'm talking to Addy about this the other night. I was watching Any Given Sunday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The Oliver Stone picture from 1999, okay? This movie is nearly 25 years old. That's a quarter of a decade. Right, so I'm watching this picture. It's an amazing picture. It's it's as close to Shakespeare as he's ever going to get. It is, it's, you know, about love and death and rebirth and betrayal and it's just people doing this and this, you know, kings and queens and falling houses of power and just beautifully made, really interesting um, use of different media and anyway, wonderful performances. But what's, what's up? I'm just, I'm just doing shit. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going, man, you were going fast. I am going fast because it's crazy. There's a scene in that, and I sent Addy a video of it, right? <laughs> Where um, Al Pacino's character um, has, has like a regular um, a sex worker that he sees. And, um, uh, and and she's played by, I think it's Elizabeth Berkley is, is the actress. She was in Saved by the Bell and Showgirls and stuff. She you know, had a big sort of era around that period of time. And there's a scene where they've obviously post-coital and uh, she's just sitting there and she gets up and she there's a, it's like shot from behind her and she sort of like 
um, uh, uh, like goes to, to sort of sit on him in the bed, not in a sexual way, they're actually play fighting and doing little tickles and stuff, but she kind of goes to sit straddling him and it's from behind and you see this woman's entire vagina. It's, it is, it is amazing. Like, and you know what it is? I was talking to Addie about it just before, before we started recording. There is so little sex, like sexual content in, in the mass media that we consume nowadays. Um, like, any given Sunday wasn't a kids' film or anything, but it was a big picture. It came out and got nominated for awards, like all that kind of stuff. And I remember t- listening to um, or hearing Angelica Jade Bastien, the the uh, uh, um, film critic who works for Vulture, she was talking about it on a podcast and saying how just sexuality has just completely been pulled out of mainstream media. Like you don't see that in what's the closest thing we got in, in a Marvel movie was that scene in Internals, you know, um, uh, outside of you know one of the shows or whatever like you know she hulk but you don't see anything it's like there's no real sexual nature to it at all it's all very we've got to watch out for the kids and only mummies and daddies can do that together and it was just it 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 shook me it took me by surprise like that was all of the vagina all of it the the thing i could draw it from memory now like unbelievable great picture go and check it out but it just really struck me as being like that is a level of sexuality you don't see outside of maybe european cinema anymore or american cinema but it's very niche it's not like and i'm not saying you have to go and put vaginas in the next you know marvel movie you don't have to do that but let's just not pretend like this stuff doesn't exist because it was a beautiful sweet tender scene between these two people who have nothing in common but somehow come together and 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 she's a beautiful woman and he's a beautiful man like there's nothing wrong with it at all but it did take me by surprise i must admit <laughs> anyway back to <laughs> back to fucking nerd news oh man that's all right tangent the podcast the final story in nerd news hold up and hold, hold up hold I, up I, hold I, up yeah yes. go, go on go on no what are you gonna say is the nerd news thing gonna be like a, a, a bad news or good news it's good news i guess okay then right. I, ha- I, I do have a bad news but you go first what are you gonna say well do you want to do the good the bad stuff before the good stuff or? yeah but you're gonna say something I was just going to say that the, this, you know, the next story. I've just got the tile up on on uh, on IG, and it's Glenn Powell from oh. that the the Tom 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 Hanks or Tom Cruise movie, whichever one it was, um, Maverick, and he's like showing his abs. That's what made me think of the sexy stuff um, in that other movie. But awesome, um, Glenn Powell and uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, who we love, Daisy Edgar Jones, are set to star in the film. Twisters, which is either a remake, I think it's a remake, or a a, a sequel to the film Twister. Um, the it's film Twister, which uh, it's a sequel. It's a sequel, is it? Right. It's, it's a not, sequel. I don't fucking Twister. know. I just love it. <laughs> That's it, it's going to be ridiculous, honestly. Like. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how these two people ended up going. Yeah, that's a good thing to do. I guess probably they were kids when that movie came out, and they were like, "Yeah, I want to be in a sequel for that." Um, I wonder if Helen Hunt will come back. Obviously, Bill Paxton can't because he he passed away. But this is this is what's up. It's a Twister remake called Twisters. Now, do you remember? Maybe you don't, Addy, but I remember in Stop Dancing. <laughs> I remember when Batman v Superman came out. They had a, a snack tie-in. You know how sometimes they have like these branded tie-ins with with prop, you know big big snack companies or whatever, and it was Doritos, and Batman was the nacho cheese, 
and 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 uh, 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 Superman was regular cheese, and it was like two chips fighting, and that was the thing. I was like, that's the most random fucking what the fuck, yeah, because it doesn't have like Batman's ever eaten a Dorito. Are you fucking shitting me? And of course he hasn't. Look at the shape he's in, right? So, but I think they've missed a trick here. I don't know if you have these where you are, Addy, but there is a snack in Australia called Twisties, and they're these little weird shaped. Twisty chips. I think they're made of corn or something like that, or rice maybe. Cheese and chicken flavor. Chicken flavor, my ass, by the way. It's not, it's like, not a chicken hasn't even been knit, walked past that bag of chips, I'm telling you. You have to rub it on a chicken. Um, but <laughs> just rub all these chips on this chicken and then put them in the bag. Um, what? Why aren't they doing a tie-in with Twisties? Coming this summer, Twisties. And, and it's tornadoes. Instead of wind, it's tornadoes of cheese. Anyway, I just I think they're missing an opportunity there, and if they want to hire me to do their PR, I'm right here. <laughs> Christ. Okay, friends. Sorry what about that. What was your was story? <laughs> We're forty minutes in. We haven't even got to the actual main part of the story because I'm too busy talking about twisties and 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 seeing all the whole fanny. <laughs> I love your reaction because I. That's one of my favorite things to ever come out of a conversation with the Instafuck. Instafuck, yeah. Well, that's not actually me. That's a that's a Will Ferrell joke from the movie Get Hard. I'm gonna get you, you know, six hundred likes on Instafuck or whatever he says. But I use it quite a lot because Instagram can be quite a toilet these days. Yeah, and like it's keep getting all these people liking posts and liking comments and stuff that are like a designation of just a bunch of vowels in a row and four numbers, and it's a, a picture of a nineteen-year-old woman with her boobs out that says "Watch my pussies come" or you know, like uh, all these you know the, the sexual sex solicitation for crying out loud. Who's fallen for this stuff? But it happens like twice a day, and it's really irritating. Like Instagram, tighten your fucking belt. Like, why are these people allowed to create accounts? They're it's not. Kind of it's fool, silly it's people. fucking sex bots. It's not even real people. Man. Exactly. I mean, why? Like, like I said, Instagram or Meta or whoever the fuck you are, tighten your belt. Like, figure out a security system to to you know safeguard against this stuff. It shouldn't be that easy. Anyway, that's rant number two. <laughs> what was your news story? Uh, my news story is kind of sad. No, no arcane season two this year or next. What? Or next year. According to whom? According to the creators. Well, they're a bunch of fucks. Let's not, let's not go there. Like, yeah. the reason they, like, the reason they gave for that is that they made the show and then it got popular and they said, if we had any fucking idea that so many of you are going to watch it, we would have probably worked on it more. You can't predict the future. Like that's they're just doing the best they can with what they have. I hope we get it at some stage. If it's twenty twenty five, it's twenty twenty five. At least they're going to put in the effort and make it worth it. Yeah, I don't give a fuck if it's twenty thirty five. I just want it. I might be dead by then. I would prefer to. Shut the fuck up. Shortly. <laughs> in twenty thirty five, I'll be fifty two. Fifty three. Yeah, you were Zack Snyder's age. Have you looked at that man? Zack Snyder. Yeah, he's a dish, man. That's because he fucking trains, trains real hard. I, I did get asked the other day when I was on a shoot and and somehow my age got brought up and the actress in the shoot was like, are you really 40? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, what's your skincare routine like? 
Earth means in Babylon all the way. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. No, I just said I I don't I don't have one. I don't know. I just this is just what I look like. I can't help it. But I don't like you know. I don't drink or eat like alcohol or eat meat or anything so it might be just toxins and stuff i don't know honestly i have no idea could be just good genes as well but it was just a funny conversation for someone to go what's your skincare routine oh yes i, I lather on jojoba and walnut mask of an evening and then it's like that the beginning scene in american psycho where it's like i apply an apricot mask and then he pulls the thing off or whatever you know i do this scrub and then i do this scrub and then i exfoliate and then i use a deep cleansing conditioner and then a moisturizer none of none of that shit i wash my face with water and sometimes soap (laughs) and half of it is covered in beard hair so i don't even worry about one half so (sighs) we are miles off the track of dungeons and dragons but we're going to get into it now Addy, this is your fault. It you is. said you wanted to do an episode on it, and I said, all right, I'll go and see it, and I really loved it. No, nope, you say you're going to do it, and I say, oh, okay, sure, then go see it. <laughs> I did it the wrong way around, did I? Yes, okay. <laughs> Went and saw it, uh, and, and I had such a great time. It's um, It really doesn't ask much of you. It's just a good adventure story. Um, there's some great themes, and some. it's a brilliant script. Like It's a really tight script. Um, yeah, I loved it. But look, this is this is your game. This is your business. Tell the people what it is. What does this mean to you to see this kind of... Because you, you were like, it works. It all works for me. And you're the fan. Like, for me, it was just a good adventure story. But for you, there's all this stuff in there that's really... That really hits. Tell me about it. This is a weird one. This, this, this episode is where I mark the point in our journey that this is something that I had no fucking idea that, that we would do. Because... Mm. I, if it wasn't for this movie, I don't think I would have opened up about how much D and D has meant to me. Yeah. Um. And uh, like, I I watched this trailer and I was really cynical because I was like, oh my fucking god, why? Mm. Not only that, but because we have the Legend of Walks Machina, which is an animated series, which is based on a amazing D&D campaign run by Critical Role and um, those were the people that, that got me back into D&D and made, did not make me feel like a fucking weirdo and a fucking yeah. loser for, for, for playing D&D and um, the, the little fresh cut grass reference in the film is actually a character called fresh cut grass who's, who's named after its creator's favorite smell Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a robot, and that was the reference, which is amazing because you know Critical Role has been the only thing. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go on a tangent about Critical Role because of because they've done so much for D and D that I I cannot talk about that. Yeah, go for it. Okay? So Critical Role is is a company now which is a bunch of voice actors that you know from different things. Uh, it has Ashley Johnson who plays Ellie in The Last of Us games. It has Laura, it has Laura Bailey who played Abby in The Last of Us 2 game. And uh, it's just a bunch of actor, bunch of voice actors who play D&D every Thursday night. And uh, it's go it's grown from their home game to their stream to now an actual company to they started a Kickstarter campaign in uh, 20 2018 for an animated show on their first campaign which was Vox Machina 
which is a bunch, which is like a group of uh, really weird fighters and uh, clerics. And clerics are people who are very close to nature. And, and druids who can polymorph. So the druid that we had in, in the film was uh, druid. And she she can transform into animals. Yeah, can yep. you can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm being quiet so that you can you can you can go, man. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Um. No, no, it's okay. So yeah, I mean, that campaign had so much and it ran for five years, and now that it's that it's in a show, it just and like the show as well. Like I I fucking beg people if you if you liked. Like two percent of this film watch that show because you need to know nothing about D and D to enjoy that show. It's an amazing story, and uh, they started off with a crowdfunding campaign for seventy five thousand dollars, and this their biggest stretch goal was a million dollars. And uh, the day it went live, they were supposed to go live to talk about it, and they went like it went live like around six a.m. their time, and they were supposed to like go live. At nine nine a.m. and so they like they officially opened it at six a.m. and they're just getting ready for work. By the time they reached work, it it had passed three point five million. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's it, cool. That's yeah. I like that a lot. By the end, by the end of the Kickstarter campaign, they had raised eight point like 8.4 million and uh, they, their biggest stretch goal was $75,000 for eight episodes and so not only that but they got picked up by Amazon Prime which and Amazon Prime gave them first season of 12 episodes and a second season of 12 episodes and while they were and while they were making the second season after the first one came out uh, Amazon Prime said you you greenlit for season three. So and, and and this is just dudes getting together, not dudes, um, dudes as in a collective for people, not yeah. dudes as in uh, you know specific gender. But it's just a bunch of friends getting together and and and, and doing going on these campaigns, and it's something they broadcast. Yeah, and uh, it's it's such a it's such a fresh thing, and it makes me so happy because they're creatives in charge of what they're creating. You don't see that. And it's it's spectacular. It makes me really it makes me really emotional. But this is not a le- this is not a Legend of Vox Machina episode. This is a Dungeons Dragons episode. But I had to get that off my chest because they in the past like they started uh, live streaming in twenty fifteen, and because of them, a lot of people have gotten into D and D. Because of them, people don't like the people who know D and D now since the past like 10 years have been influenced by critical role wow that's amazing what a, what a it just it seems like you know you said to me that it's it's like um uh you know you you've you've received guff from people in the past because you are into this stuff um but there's a real there's a real community out there. There's a real network of people who who this is for, um, and and do you feel like the movie speaks to that? It does. Um, the the D and D community 
um, or the tabletop role-playing game community is one of the most uh, inclusive and one of the most uh, appreciative communities out there. And it, it, it just speaks to how much, like, it's, it's insane that this movie exists because I was cynical because of the trailer. And it, it got, like, okay reviews to a point where I was like, okay, I might check this out. And I watched it, and it was, it was everything I wanted. Like, it was everything I wanted to a point where I, I saw the first, in the first few minutes, you see them, you know, going to, going to this like, uh, courtroom where they have to like present their case of how they've reformed in 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 the jail, and one of and one of the one of the judges is a dragonborn. Okay, which one? Um, the one that has like specs. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Dragon with glasses is is what I saw that as. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in a, in a cool way. Um, and a dragonborn yeah, and, and, is a, is a character that I sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. It's fine. Uh, like. A dragonborn is one of the most hardest thing to do in live action because how the fuck do you do it? It's a, it's a yeah. it's a it's a small dragon that has human features, like mm-hmm. how, and it they they did practically, and it I fucking loved it. That was that's one of the things like I've got to say that that really sorry it's my, not my microphone. Um, one of the things that really got me about this is how practical they went with it. I mean, there is a lot of computer generated effects and you know set extension and things like that, but there's there was a real concerted effort to to do this in an old fashioned way in a way that they did the labyrinth or dark crystal. Um, you know any of those pictures, the creature creations, the original Star Wars, like the the prosthetic work on people and the animatronics. Um, you know that that guy who turns up, what's his name in the jail, and like Chris Pine is like he, he really should be here. What's the guy's name? Uh, the paladin. Yeah, whoever the whoever the half bird person is, yeah, uh, it comes in and he's like, oh, he really should be here, Jonathan. You know? Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan really should be here. Like that was that was just you know that was tickling me. And Chris Pine's just so fucking charismatic, and I haven't seen him at this speed in a while. Like, yeah, last time I saw him like this was probably um, uh, this means war or the the Star Trek picture that he was in. But yeah, and then they use him. They want him to be there because he's got wings, so they can jump out of a window and the guy's gonna fly. But like that's all practical, you know. That they're actual animatronic wings on an animatronic bird's head on a full-grown man, like or woman, whoever was underneath the costume. Just exceptional, exceptional work, and it was one of the reasons that I was so digging it, and and, and uh, so digging it. You know what I mean? Digging it so much is more what I was trying to say. Um, it's and season then, two, you know, and nobody fucking cares. Were, yeah, a, few, a couple of dragons, you know, because there's. It has to be because it's Dungeons and Dragons. There's a few dungeons, a couple of dragons. The one at the end was really cool, and they were CG for the most part. But you know, it was really none of them had tits. Yeah, that's that's my thing. That's not 
Oh, okay. That's just you doing that. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm sorry if, if that disappointed you. You did. I was. I mean, it's 99.9 percent of the reason I bought a ticket, but whatever. It's um, PG-13. You can't do tits in a PG-13. You can give it a whirl. You know. You, you know what else you can do in 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 1999? You can show everybody in the vagina. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, I'll get over it in a minute. Yeah. But yeah, that, on a more serious note, the practical nature of this is that people, you know, light hitting objects, that really makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a fucking amazing story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a story about, you know, these, these band of people coming together and, uh, you know, for the most part, stealing. <laughs> but also, you know... Honor among thieves, yeah. not honor among... People who purchase things legally and then take a receipt. (laughs) The wizard Simon is a descendant of one of the biggest uh, and most powerful wizards in all of D&D. And it's it's the guy that he sees when he first puts the helmet on. Yeah. And uh, I I forget the name, which is fine, because, like, there are five books, this, like, five very thick books with names and classes and spells and shit of D&D that like, you can't humanly it's not humanly possible to memorize yet I probably there's like one person in the comments who's like I know all of them <laughs> which good it's, for well, you man let him, yeah let them come out yeah that's totally fine um, yeah I mean it is so thick with lore and stuff but it's not you don't need to know any of that I knew nothing all I knew there's some dungeons some dragons some teeves, and, and and away you went, um, and and you get everybody straight away. Like everybody's introduced, and you understand who they are, and what their motives are, and what their needs are, and who, like what they ultimately will get in the end when they take the hero's journey. Like it was everybody's story. In particular, um, uh, uh, you know, I, I she was so great, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, who I haven't seen anything outside of a Fast and Furious movie in a long time. She was so awesome. She was so great in this. Like I was just, because normally I don't, I, not that I don't like her. That's a you know not the way to put it. I don't think she's a great actress most of the time. Um, but this, she really kind of brought a like a, a weariness, a world weariness to, to it, and 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 the relationship between her and Chris Pine and Chris Pine's characters, um, uh, Edgin's daughter. Um, yeah, it was that that. That's the thing that's always going to get me, um, is is the, the the emotional core to a story. Like you should be able to remove all of the fantasy elements from that movie and have it still work. Like if it was just set in the real world and it was about a young girl being led astray by, you know, a, a surrogate uncle, and it was just a man and and his his you know adopted sister who's also this kid's sort of adopted mum going after them and and going through a bunch of trials and tribulations in a normal world without dragons and fucking maces and half bird people and whatever it should all track and it absolutely does and it's probably because the 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 crafts people are so on it like john francis daly the 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 director and writer of this um who's who was an actor he's been in heaps of stuff um and uh you know i remember him as the young kid in the film waiting who who's like just started at the at the um, restaurant that um, 
uh, Ryan Reynolds works out and he doesn't get to say anything till the very, very end. But he's a writer and he's written on, on TV and stuff. He wrote Horrible Bosses, um, Horrible Bosses 2, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. But he also wrote Homecoming, the Spider-Man picture, which is another case of what is important here. It is the core of these characters. It's the moment where... Peter opens the door and and there's and there's a vulture and it's 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 Liz's mum you know um a Liz's dad rather like that's that's what kept me interested like if this was just a big thing of like you know special effects and all that shit just knocking around on screen for for minutes I would have gone and seen Ant Man two again you know Ant Man three again rather so yeah that was what what really got me is this this family story this beautiful family story was there something that didn't work for you. Like you thought of something like, okay, that's too much. I felt like the the every time I felt like that was happening, it paid off. Like there was a critical moment that was like, oh, this 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 totally tracks. Like where they're going after the helmet, mm-hmm. and we got to talk to all the dead dudes. And I was like, <laughs> all right, this is this is going on a little long. And then he gets the helmet, and they're like, this isn't working. And he's talking to the older version of himself, sort of inside that the the, the other realm. Uh, and he's and Chris Pine's like, all right, well, we, we're going to go with another plan. Then I'm like, oh, really? Did we just go on like a 25 minute detour in this film just to go? Oh, never mind, cast it off. But then that actually becomes critically important for for that character to not only gain the confidence that he needs to be a sorcerer, um, but also for them to advance the plot. So not really. Like I, I kind of and the villain, the villains kind of worked. I mean, I didn't entirely understand what the Red Wizards wanted. They just kind of wanted to make everybody like like you know to be necromancers and to bring all these people back to like there wasn't really a a a a need there but i don't think we saw it all either because you you only saw what the red witch was doing you didn't really see like what her the people behind her were doing so maybe that's a sequel thing and that was the other thing as well do you reckon this is a sequelizable film or do they go is it dungeons and dragons you know this time with tits and it's a different story Different, different cast, different party, yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing about D&D is like, okay, yeah, there's this big threat in the, in the background that's doing all the shit. But then you have a main story and you focus on it. And, you know, there might be times where you run into that and sometimes you roll a dice and you roll a deception check and you roll a fucking 20 and you... <laughs> I can't fucking believe I'm going to say this. And you can uh, you can stage an an orgy so that the fucking so that the villain gets distracted and then you can run away. <laughs> it's D and D. You can do you what you should do. You should show him the nineteen ninety nine film Any Given Sunday, and that'll fucking distract him. I think it was about two hours and four minutes in, if I remember correctly, and and that's just as good as staging an orgy. Um, <laughs> that's actually that happened. A that's a, that's a that's a reference to a stream by Critical Role because that's actually happened in a game. I'm sure it has. But it, when when you say orgy, do you like do they stage it and yep. then the villain goes, "Oh, I want to be a part of that," and they get in on the orgy and you're like, "Ha ha ha, we're gonna fuck off with all your stuff." No, they're just. Or is it they just stare at it, going, "My God, there's an orgy going on here," and you know where there's dragons involved and it's all everybody's everywhere and it's interesting. It's it's everything and so much more. <laughs> Amazing. Just thinking about um, what what the future is for this. Um, uh, t- like, 
I don't know how well it's done, but if it's representing D and D for you in in the way that is like, yeah, this is this is what it is. This is it speaks to me. And the first thing you said to me was they got it right. They got it right, and that's that's a big swing. Like it's hard to get. We we're talking about how bad, how hard it is to fucking please Harry Potter fans. I don't, I don't know. And D and D is an institution. Like it's been around since what the seventies. Yep. Yeah, you know. So, what's what's the future of this? Like, is this? I, I said in my my letterbox of you, and you commented, you know, on it uh, afterwards that I said this is the most interesting franchise film I've seen this year, and you're like, it's not a franchise yet. I'm like, come on, of course it is. Like, what's What's the move forward? I would very much hope for this to be a franchise. And I would very much hope for every single person that was involved in the making of this film to be involved throughout the process of every single thing that they do with this. Um, It it has done well. Like, I don't know about everywhere else, but Avatar 2 has been re-released here. And that's taking over theaters again. Which fucking sucks because this one's still in theaters and I watch it three yeah. times and I, w- I want to go watch it again. The other thing <laughs> that they, they seem to be doing distribution wise is shooting themselves in the foot is releasing things on VOD way too early. Like Creed was the third highest, or Creed 3 was the third highest um, uh, uh, grossing film in its fourth week, I think, in, in, in cinemas in the States. And then that following week they went to VOD. I'm like, are you, like, you're in cinemas still doing well wait until you're out of the top 10 before you pull stuff because you're just going to kill yourself and and you're not going to get those theatrical bucks and it's been made abundantly clear by uh uh, how well the super mario brother movie is doing that that everybody's taking it back the the covid panic thing of like we need to release everything on fucking straight away so that people can see it at home because that's how we're going to make our money now i think everybody's backpedaling and going actually theatrical distribution is 100% where the money is to be made. And that is because of Avatar and because of Super Mario Brothers, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of lot of money to be made. Do you think this will make that mistake and be like, okay, well, let's put it on VOD then if fucking Avatar's kicking around? Because it's still playing here, Avatar, as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's been a month since it came out. Well, not not a month because it came out like 29th of March. A little less, yeah. A little yeah. less than that. Let me ask you then, what you you asked me what didn't work for me um you know i feel like the the the, the subplot of of michelle rodriguez and and her husband or her ex-husband bradley cooper yes uh, who, oh who my god that was dude, amazing like, it's a weird it was weird but i mean i'm sure that has some some sort of history in in, in the actual game um that there are smaller people and bigger people and all that stuff i just thought it was it was a weird not a not a weird thread but a thread you didn't need um her her journey could have been complete without that um because it's more about her going after the the young girl but um thinking about like i said the future of what this is what did they not do that you want them to do in a sequel oh my god dragon with tits man Nobody's ever done that. See that, everybody? Just listen. That's, you know, John Francis Daly. We know you're listening. This is your I want, I, I just, uh, I, I want to be a part of this franchise. I, I'm just putting this out there. Whenever the fuck it happens, I just, I want to be. Just like if I, if I could be a fly in the room, just a writer's room fucking when they're in production, I just, I would, I would die. Just to see. Well, you want to be able to morph like the young little animal girl. That's 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 the way to do it. Druids are my favorite thing in the entirety of D and D. They are amazing, and they're 
this is full of so much love for so many things. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Eddie's getting emotional. Um, um, well, it, you know, it really was a, a, a stellar adventure story. I haven't seen anything like that in a while. I'm not a huge sword and sandals kind of person. Like I like some stuff like that. Maybe it's not sword and sandals. Maybe it's more fantasy. Like I'm, I like the LOTR films. They're fine, um, but it doesn't doesn't speak to me like i could never write one of these um uh, uh you know uh, well, having said that i am i am working with a novelist on an adaptation of his fantasy book but it's a bit more like gothic horror so i'm now i'm now i'm thinking should i have said that it's so hard to know when you're supposed to talk about yeah. projects and when you're not i'm sure it'll be fine no one's gonna know any different um anyway moving on it's 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 not my 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 uh main street of of, of right. stuff um yeah. But fuck, I had a good time. I had a really good time with it, and and um, you know, I do hope that they they go on and expand and, and try new things and maybe bring these characters in again because I want to see what happens now. You know. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I love that you brought up the Bradley Cooper scene because I know it's a bit out of place, and you know, when you watch a movie, you sometimes some things just don't fall in place for you. Actually, kind of liked it. Because, uh, like, a lot of people don't know that he was he was actually playing a gnome, which are small creatures, but are also, like, almost, like, almost immortal. Like, you can kill them, but they will live for as long as they can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not weird for gnomes to have different fetishes and things. But I, Is I that love... Right? <laughs> Everybody out there waiting to hear about Gnome Fetish, the podcast, get ready. They enjoy cunnilingus. But, uh... <laughs> what? What would you say? So they enjoy cunnilingus because they're so short. What is that? So like, what is cunnilingus? Cunnilingus is, is, is going down on, on a woman. Okay. Because it's right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're right there. <laughs> you don't even need a stepladder. Come on. Um... Oh god! <laughs> I've made it weird. I've made it weird. So yeah, yeah. okay. So they're, they're nearly immortal. They're they're you know they're horny. What's going no, on? No, the the norms that you play are what comes out of you, not the norm. Not not the norm. What? Uh, excuse the me. The Sorry. gnomes are something that comes out of you. Can you explain <laughs> that? The gnomes and how I'm not gonna. Let's move on. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> gnomes are awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, like, I think I, I, I cut you off. What, what do you want to see? Uh, you know, I know you said you want to be involved, but like, what's something that they didn't have in this that you, you think that they could add in the next one? I don't... You know what? I walked out of the theater like three fucking times thinking there's, there's nothing that I would have wanted for them to change or to do differently or to add. Like, I would fucking love to see like a three-hour film with mm-hmm. just this amount of quality but i don't think a lot of people like would be down for a fantasy film that's also three hours long like are you kidding me what are you talking about fucking all of the lotr director's cuts are longer than three hours that was 20 years ago mate so that no i I, i'm now is the time to do it if anything it was weirder then like the last batman movie was three hours long the last avengers picture was three hours long avatar 2 was three hours long um uh the the ari astra's new film bo is afraid is three hours long like i I think now's the time to do it man yeah i i do agree and uh it's it's you know what's weird 
like I would fucking love for like the future of this hopefully franchise to like have different parties and like have like different movies with different characters and then have like an Avengers moment where somehow they like they drown into one party and they need their help and then that party like goes on and then runs into the other one like have different things go on at different times and then have all of it just be in one universe because that would be in like very interesting yeah. i know it's very avengersy but if there's one place it will work amazingly it's it's dna or yeah. have like different worlds who cares man like i just i want so much more from this world mm. And I love that that's, that's been like the general consensus of like even people who, who know nothing about the game that they want more from this world, which is amazing. Yeah. Because it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, amazing world. It's a bit weird, but it's only, it's only weird if you make it. Exactly. And look, hey, anything worth doing is weird. You know, normality is, 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 is overrated. Um, well, cool. I mean, I, I, I reckon. I would absolutely 100% recommend anyone go and see it. I don't mean if you're a fantasy fan. I don't mean if you're a comedy fan, if you're a Chris Pine fan. Like, there's so much going on here. There's going to be something for you. Do check it out. Um, do you have sort of like a favorite favorite line, favorite moment? Because I've got a couple. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, you go on. Because I might have. Probably. I love Chris Pine's, like, you know, subtle uh, a comedy that he does where it's... Um, it's like just like offhand conversation kind of thing. It doesn't even really, he's not registering it as a huge joke, but it really works. And the one that got me was where they're about to be decapitated and she's like, how do you keep your axe? You know, the, the, the uh, uh, guy who's about to cut their heads off. She's like, how do you keep your axe on? He's like, that's what you want to know before you die? She's like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, it's um, linseed oil, warmed up, like boiled linseed oil. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. And then she rolls out and like takes down like 14 different dudes and Chris Pine like hits one guy with his goddamn loot. And and he's like, yeah, we won the day, whatever. She picks up the axe and looks at it. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna keep this shit. And she goes, before we leave town. And he cuts her off and goes, yeah, I know, linseed oil. And it just, it just, it like, the comedy that's kind of pervasive now and is found everywhere is the post-Avengers Joss Whedon kind of. Yeah tongue and cheek that happened yeah, like I've mentioned yeah exactly yeah like making fun of a moment or, or that moment in in justice league where the flash is like oh they all took off that's rude like it's just it's real cutesy and 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 annoying but this was a real moment of comedy like it would be he's like yeah all right i know you like your new axe we'll get the fucking thing but let's let's get a move yeah. on that kind of thing um i really enjoyed that and um i think that the the addition of uh you know the, the 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 daughter having like the invisibility power like tied her so much more to the adventure than it would have been if she was just a damsel in distress um so yeah i, I really dug that and also like the, the my favorite moment is where they're away they've 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 gotten their thing they've they've completely fucked up hugh grant's character you know all the money's coming out of the the portal the portal thing is in the Amazing. in the cart in the horse cart, like that whole sequence is outstanding where they've got to get it in there and then get out. Like just incredible. That's what imagination looks like. <laughs> it, it does. No, you're absolutely right. It was so, in, um, uh, 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 not intuitive, that's not the right word. Um, it was so inventive and, and new. I hadn't ever seen a sequence like that before and that, that really jazzes me up. But then when they they get away, they've, they've got every reason to 
to, they've got all the riches that they ready to boot, and then behind them they see you know um, uh, uh, in, the red the wizard. red wizard, you know, taking over. And they're like, well, shit, let's turn around, you know. And the maze yeah. sequence was really cool too. Um, yeah, just so much, so many great sequences and so much fun. What about you? What was I know you sent me a line that you really liked. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about the line, but like the, that maze sequence, like it, like the whole tournament thing. There's another party that's that's doing it as well. That starts with them, yeah. And that's those are the characters from from the D and D cartoon show. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Have you and seen like, that much the D and D? I I have not. I honestly, I did not know it fucking existed until this movie came out. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, um, it was amazing. It was just, like, the whole Displacer Beast thing where, like, they used it really perfectly where, like, because the Displacer Beast displaces your attention. Mm-hmm. So, like, it will it will project itself somewhere that, you, that, that distracts you and then it attacks you from behind. Yeah. And, like, the way they used it was amazing. And, like, the whole... Uh, the mimic, which is the which is the the chest that you open, is actually like the fucking creature with the tongue. The fucking yeah, man! It was a goddamn <laughs> snapping turtle or whatever. The the goddamn Audrey two from Little Shop of Horrors. Very cool. It was like that, and like the gelatinous cube, and like it's not, it's it's like it's a thing that exists in D and D. You don't have to do it. Like even Onward had that. Where like they're they're in this in this cave and like the gelatinous cube drops and they like they have to run. Yeah. You can escape a gelatinous cube, but if you don't, you fucking dissolve in acid. Jesus. And like the way they escape it, it's it was so it was so amazing to see that. Like they're like their parts, man, like like the Dragonborns totally had a, a, like a collective of two lines. And those were my favorite part of the film because I could yeah. spot them and say, "Oh my god!" It was, I could feel as I was watching it. I'm like, I know that means something, and Addy's going to tell me, and he's going to he's going to be so excited about it. Like that, I had I had fun watching it, knowing how much fun you had watching it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was yeah, it, it, it's a special picture. So what's and your like, favorite line though? Okay, my favorite line is there. I'm a I'm a wizard at heart. So my favorite line is when Chris Pine says. To Simon, you're at your strongest when you think you're at your weakest. Isn't that just so true? What a beautiful message to, to for for a movie about dragons, sands, bosoms, and 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 dungeons and thieves and stuff. What a, what a great message to to send out to people in mass media, and hopefully they take it on board. Yeah, and like even like the dragon, they did so fucking perfectly. Like you can see how it like reloads itself and then mm. like shoots lightning. Oh yeah, lightning. Yeah, that was a, a great sequence where it sort of showed that the the battle, and then they had to go and investigate each of the dudes who was there to find the helmet. And I, I enjoyed the um the dragon that the 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 red witch created at the end, which was out of like made out of like marble yeah. and and gold. It, like it just was such a great design. She bring she brings a statue to life, and it's, mm. it's not actually a dragon; it's a statue of a dragon, so it can't actually fly with wings. It just yeah. glides. And, it was uh, just like the design work across across the board was really specific. It wasn't just like okay, we're in a fantasy realm. Like every little piece was so 
carefully orchestrated and placed there because it had to be because they knew like talk about contending with with rabid fans or or, or super fans of things this D D motherfuckers like you don't mess around with these people this thing is an institution like yeah i, I would like to feel I, I don't know what's the community like like how are they feeling about it most of us feel really proud really proud to like to have had that previous because now like the people that have watched it like there's a lot of people who watched it and loved it but there's not enough people watching it i still mm. think that this this would make an amazing franchise if they do have faith in it yep i'm fine with this being a one-off thing though i am like if nothing happens after this and this remains untouched i would be absolutely okay with it do you think though i mean building in a subtitle says a lot like yeah, you could have just released this film as dungeons and dragons and you didn't need a subtitle i don't think the the film that was made in the early 2000s or 90s the one with jeremy irons i don't think that yeah. has a subtitle um, it doesn't but it also has like, it has dungeons and dragons in the title and it's it's a movie yeah it, it's a movie um yeah so but i feel like building in that title is you know honor among thieves so the next one could be something else and you know talking about the different varieties of character that you can be like they'd be crazy not to or or just like make a series do it episodically and i make would it... actually not want that no i mean i'm gonna say it again we already have the legend of walks machina we sure. don't like having like this this having a film series and having like because you could make a tv show and people might watch it Right, but when you have a film series, you have more budget to do the things that you can, and then have more budget to market it. The marketing of this movie is so off the charts that it's the best marketed movie of twenty twenty three. Yeah, like they're fucking statues. I went to the theater; they had fucking popcorn thing with the with the twenty sided <laughs> dice. Oh, that's cool. Which is which is the main dice that you use while playing the game, and it's. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I want it. And then it's for, like, 3,000 bucks. I'm like, oh, fuck it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit exorbitant, I've got to admit. Um, yeah, it's, I, I mean, like, becoming aware of it, it did kind of pop up quickly. But then as soon as it did, I saw it everywhere. Like, they they, they did, they spent a bit on marketing. So I do hope that it, it, it moves forward and, and, and we get more stories in this world, whether they're Chris Pine's character or not. Um what do you give it at? Let's, we don't normally do this, but let's give it at like out of five dragon bosoms. How many bosoms do you give it? I give it twenty. Twenty out of five bosoms. Yep. That's a lot of bosoms, everybody's. And um, and I'll join him. I'll give it twenty bosoms, also. Um, well, okay, okay. What's your favorite? What's your? Give me your top three favorite moments. Top three favorite moments. Well, yeah, yeah. I did the the the, the yeah, one with the fuck, axe. Sorry. No, no, yeah. no, that's totally fine. The one with the axe, um, absolutely. Uh, where they're waiting for this guy to come to the trial and they just use him to pitch themselves out of a window. Um, and where, I, I, this is at the start as well, where the guy comes in and tries to get handsy with Michelle Rodriguez and he's like, don't interrupt her while she's eating her potato. And then the potato becomes a theme that runs throughout the show. Like, loved it. 
just loved it. But yeah, but, oh, yeah. and also the other two pl- points that I mentioned as well, the maze and and then, you know, where they turn around and see the, the Red Witch attack and they're like, well, we're heroes. We have to go on and do it. You know, even though they don't say we're heroes, but that's what the story is. It just, it just, it played into all the archetypes that I like in that kind of storytelling. Like it's okay to veer off the course of those things when you're doing something different in genre. But when you're doing something like D&D, which is really black and white, it's heroes and villains, you know, good versus evil. But yeah, I just, that kind of, that broad storytelling I love. And, and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's that, that turnaround, that boat. I was like, all right, this is, let's, let's float our way into the third act. It was awesome. Yeah. And like. D&D is not black and white. They're, they're anti-heroes, some of them. Some yeah. of them are just are just living living that way because that's the way that things go for them. And, like, D&D as a role-playing game can be very therapeutic for a lot of people. Yeah. And I feel like, oh, shit. Okay, I'm not going to undermine this because I, I fucking remembered something. Um, okay. Uh. And if if you watch the movie and you think that uh, getting into the game is something that might help you or something that you're interested in, I would really, really, really encourage you to at least watch a game. Like, don't even watch like a full, full on game or like get into a campaign that you know nothing about. Like, they're one shots where they're games that you play in one session and then that's it, right? And so just just watch a bit like. Don't don't worry about the rules. Like there, are, there's so many rules, and the rules are there to to help you. Like different campaigns have different rules that they bring in, so that it, so that they can make the story better. And like D and is is a very creative space where anyone who's in it can be considered as a really like not considered but. If you, if someone isn't in, into D and D and you tell them that you're not creative, is like telling Martin Scorsese you don't know how to make movies. Like the fuck. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. I, I like there's one character we did not talk about, which is the which is the like the gray warrior that they that they go to uh, when they go and uh, find the helmet in the in the dragon's lair. Yeah, the guy from Bridgerton. Shit, I can't I can't hear you. The guy from Bridgerton. Yeah, the the Bridget, hot Bridget. guy from yeah. Yeah, I I'm not sure the actor's name. Hang on, you you keep talking, and I'll look it up. Um, yeah, he plays a he plays a paladin, which is a class of uh, great warriors, or just that they they don't understand sarcasm and they don't understand anything. They they see a world in one straight line, and they can live for as long as they want. So the paladin that we saw could have been like six thousand years old. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I believe it's Reggie Jean Page. Reggie, there, there's there's a a little one of those little wisps above the e. So maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong, but yeah, Reggie Jean Page. He was in Bridgerton and uh, and some other things also. Um, but yeah, my favorite part about him is when <laughs> when it's just a shot of him walking away. Yeah, Chris Pine's like he's walking in a straight line. Is he going to go over the? No, yep, he's going to go over the rock. Oh, like that. That was just again. That, that fun humor without being like cutesy and tongue-in-cheek and he wasn't making fun of him he was just commenting on the peculiarity of, of this person so um well yeah I think that's that's sound advice uh, for anybody who, who feels like this might be something they want to dive into a little bit more 
stand on Addy. He knows what he's talking about. Um, was there anything else you wanted to mention before we get into question time? Um, not, not entirely. I just, I, I, I love that this film exists. Like before we go, like this is. I love that this this has the ability to to bring people together, like, especially in a world that we live in. Like we talked about the Harry Potter fans and, you know, the Star Wars fan especially like. Fans, like D and D is such a inclusive community because there's so many classes and people can be so many different things that like it's it's natural for people to be different in D and D if that makes sense mm. and that's a beautiful world and I hope that that people get something out of it beautiful wonderful sentiments and a perfect way to to end our episode but we do always have some quick do we have questions i better double check that first we have one question we have one question okay that's all right well let's let's give it a theme anyway uh, so one one uh, dnd related question what is it it's is D&D related? It's not. It's not. <laughs> See, this, this is what I mean by a lot of people have watched it, but not enough people have watched it. Sure, sure. That's okay. We'll answer this question and hopefully people will go back and, and ask them some more questions about it another time. And I, I do feel like if this goes on, like if this does go to uh, a streaming service now, um, a lot of people will watch it because it's not that long. It's like two hours. And yeah, it doesn't. Is it, it doesn't feel like two hours. Nah, not at all. Zips by. Um, yeah. The question is: Are there any other board games or non-video games that would make interesting films? You go first. I would still say Battleship, though. Battleship, Battleship, <laughs> Battleship. Um, I don't know, actually. Just trying to think. There's a Jumanji game, which is pretty baller. Do you I have think, any idea? I think the Jumanji came after the film, didn't it? Yeah, I, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like that's, <laughs> that doesn't really count. You know what? I don't, I'm not sure. You know what? Let me just have a really quick look here. Let me just have a look at famous board games. Let's see. I can't think of anything. You know what would be like a like a really innovative kind of movie? Hmm. If they made a film about chess, like chess. Like the game... Oh, there's a few movies about chess. Um, Popomatic no. Trouble. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, well, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Catan. Settlers of Catan. Are those, like, are those games that you're... Yeah, yeah, Catan's oh, like okay. a, a... It's sort of like a, um, a, a, like a world-building um sort of game um i think it's called just called katan it might be settlers of katan risk sorry monopoly i'm just in monopoly just fucking go to amazon cluedo's already been done damn it i thought i had it i thought i had it in them like yeah cluedo but that's been done a hundred thousand times yeah i don't know oh there's one called hero quest yahtzee Mastermind. Jenga. Could do Jenga. 
I would like to see a, a, a. I think there's someone's making a Cluedo movie, and I can't remember who it is. Like it's currently being looked at. Yeah, so I'm going to go with another Cluedo, or Clue, as it's often called. Um, Mousetrap could be fun. Mousetrap could be really fun. It's like just a bunch of people sort of stuck in this, in this, uh, you know, insane trap system, and they've got to get out. But yeah, I can't can't think of any in particular. So let's say that. Let's say another another version of Clue and Parcheesi. <laughs> oh, you can make like a, a Clue movie or, or like a Clue uh, show. And like have Daniel Craig narrate it as Ben Ol' Blob. <laughs> just, just to tie in that thing that he hates Clue because it's a stupid fucking game. That might be, yeah, that might be um, be a little bit off-brand but for him. Uh, do you have any ideas apart from Battleship? Um, yeah, I do. I have two, but I have a pitch for one, which is okay. weird because I, I just thought of it while you were saying it. All right, go. So the, the pitch is for Jenga, but like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a science fiction future. It's a science fiction like political drama. Okay. Where, where like, <laughs> where like they're where they're elites and then they're the then they're like normal people and like their housings are like the Jenga blocks. Yep. And like. The, the elites like take out the Jenga pieces every time like something bad happens and so the, and so like the people the people inside are, like trying to <laughs> I like it man they're trying to fight they're trying to fight the the elites by like creating this entire tower that can like tower over every elite building yeah. and then like spread out so yeah <laughs> I like that idea man I like that idea or just do that in like love death robots because that's a that's a good one. It's a like, perfect perfect thing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. There's a free idea for producers of love death and robots. Enjoy yourselves. So, well, that's um, it. Um, my, my, oh, you had a second uh, one. Oh, yeah, my number two is actually about uh, like a, an actual tabletop role playing game. It is called Mansion and Mansions and Madness. Mansions and Madness. All right. So it is. It's kind of like Knives Out, but definitely not. It's it's like. Mansion of Madness is like a party goes into like an abandoned mansion that has a lot of, it's it's gothic horror. It is entirely gothic horror. Dope. And seeing how well Wednesday did, like you could go like Wednesday, but like actually like fucking Ari did you? Mm-hmm. In Mansion and Madness, like it would be so cool to see like a, a Manitar or like, a, yeah, a Manitar with like eight fucking hands coming out and just one eye just one bloody eye love it yeah yeah man all right we've got two sort of kind of horror franchises just on on the outskirts there just waiting for someone to pick them up so everybody give give out of your call disney plus are you there yeah i'm right here disney plus would never do that (laughs) no we can't we don't own the rights to any of that fucking shit anyway so um Oh, E24 might E24 might call up for the mansion and murder things. Yeah, I don't have a I don't have a voice for them. <laughs> next That's week, right. next week. Um, awesome. All right. Well, there you go, folks. D and D, Honor Among Thieves. Go and check it out. Thank you so much for joining us again on the Filmatics podcast. Please do rate and view wherever you get us, wherever you happen to be. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, and thank you again for coming and joining us on this this crazy journey. Season two, we're back at it. And we'll see you next week for something fun, whatever the fuck that is. I don't know. What's what's coming? Yeah, I don't know yet. <laughs> we were literally talking about last week when we were recording the, the um, 
anniversary show that we kind of ran out of topics that we knew we wanted to talk about by episode 10 um yeah. and then now that we've done now that we've done the x-men ones we're like well fuck it's fuck. D then like it just whatever it is so hey if you've got a, a suggestion send it in you know we're happy to to investigate and to to come back with a with some hard-hitting film journalism for your asses and uh everybody thank you so much we cherish you addy you're a gentleman and uh and it's so good to see you and uh we'll, we'll be back again we'll be back again and uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, this is season two, which is it's crazy, crazy. but let's not talk about it because <laughs> it, we just, yeah. yeah. We, we, we crossed like 300 subscribers, which is insane because like two hours ago, it was like 200 something. And, now yeah. we, and then it was like 300. And I was like, I, I sent the screenshot to you. I was like, we hit 300? The fuck? Yeah. And it's, and it's probably like in terms of YouTubers and in terms of that, like people who... That probably means nothing. That's probably the most yeah. minuscule number, but it means so much to us because we just, like we said last week, we're just here having fun and enjoying each other's friendship and 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 talking to you while we do it. So just to have that happen by accident, that people are enjoying the show, it means the most. So thank you so much, everybody, and remember, stay amazing and stay safe. And just for this episode, take a chance and roll the dice. <laughs>